Hi, podcast listeners. This is Kathy with God in the Grief. This is episode number 61, and we'll be talking about dealing with grief in the holidays. So those holidays that come along after we've lost a loved one, they are really hard. And especially the firsts, the first holiday, the first Thanksgiving, the first Christmas, the first birthday, all the firsts without that loved one there is pretty tough. And I just wanted to encourage those that are out there grieving, headed for their first holiday without their loved one, or maybe it's not even a first, maybe it's on down the line, but you're still struggling with it. I want to encourage you today that it can be okay. And here's some things that we can think about. First of all, let's figure out why in the world is the holiday so hard? Like, what makes it so hard? It's actually, we don't get to control when grief pops up into our hearts and our minds. And one of the triggers, though, that that comes along, and I call them memory bursts. It's usually a memory that comes. And of course, during the holidays, when we're gathered together, we have so many more memories. It's those traditions. It's the memories. Sometimes it's just the fact that you're getting together with all the rest of the family. Um, there can be lots of triggers. Some of the triggers can be smells. Maybe it's foods, certain foods. Maybe there's a food that was your loved one's favorite. Maybe it's to go to someone's house and now you can't because they're no longer here. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's just seeing everybody together. There's a lot of things that can trigger those memory bursts. And when those memory bursts come, it just makes it pretty tough. It makes the holidays a whole lot tougher. And sometimes it's the fact that when we get together with all the rest of our family and you see them moving on with their life and enjoying life and all that stuff, sometimes it makes you feel like, but wait, I'm sitting here hurting. Like, why are you so happy? But we don't want to be that one light bulb in a string of lights that's not lit up. You know, you're not working. And so then you make the whole string of lights not work. You don't want to, you don't want that to be you. Just realize, you know, you're hurting because you loved much and that's okay. It was actually love that supplied all those memories that make you want to cry. But it's going to be faith that's going to give you strength to smile in those tears that are making you cry. So it's going to be okay after all. The one thing you don't want to feel is the pressure to be happy and move on because everybody's going to be moving at their own pace and realize that like when you're in a group, a family setting that maybe you lost a family member, everybody in that group setting is going to be moving at a different pace. So the person that's like all happy and giddy and joyful and then the other person that's weeping and crying, you know, everybody's like moving at their own pace. So, so to have patience with that. Understand ahead of time, and I think if you prepare your mind for this, it helps a little bit, but understand ahead of time that you're going to be seeing your loved one in your memory mind, in your mind's eye, a whole lot more during the holidays because of the traditions, because of that's when you would gather. And so just realizing that maybe ahead of time, preparing your mind for that, that those memory bursts are going to be coming on is maybe something that we could just think about ahead of time. So how do you get through the holidays if you are grieving a loved one? What are you supposed to do? Well, for one thing, it's okay to talk about it. If you're sitting around a Thanksgiving dinner table and 
you have a memory burst about some food, let's say, that your loved one ate and loved and enjoyed or whatever, talk about it. You know, if you talk about it, if you bring it up and you voice your vulnerableness, people then will feel more comfortable to talk about it. People are actually hesitating a lot of times to talk about your loved one because they're afraid it might make you sad. When in all actuality, we want them to be remembered and we enjoy talking about them. And it's the other ones that don't know they're hesitating. They don't know whether they should say something or not. But I love it when people bring up things about Michael and Isaac. I love it when they have memories that are good that they want to share with me. I love that. And I'm sure that other people that have a loved one that's gone, they enjoy having them brought up. They enjoy having other people remember them as well as the grieving person. And as I said a little bit earlier, realized ahead of time, okay, this this might be tough. I'm going to, you know, I might have these memory bursts. But to be honest with herself and not to shove it off into a corner going, I cannot go to a function because I'm not going to be able to deal with these things. No, know ahead of time that you might be dealing with some memory bursts and just say, okay, they're going to be coming, but that's okay because um, I'm going to be with some other, I'm going to be with the people that are still here that still love me and it's going to be okay. So half of the battle during the holidays is making an effort because it's easy not to make the effort because we don't want to hurt. So (laughs) make an effort. Uh, go ahead and do what you can do to keep that light bulb on so that the string of lights continues to be bright and shiny and cheerful. So the other thing that I wanted to say is that it is okay to say no if it's completely overwhelming you because you don't want to get to that point where you're completely overwhelmed and you're not coping. So as long as you are coming up with your coping skills and you're, you know, enjoying being with other people, then make the effort. But if you are feeling like, okay, I I did come to this dinner. I did sit down. I did visit. I did have a good time, but I'm leaving early. I need to get home early. That's okay. There's there's some things to to realize where your limits are. And that's all right, because grieving is different for every person. But you do want to stay connected to people. You never want to isolate yourself in grief. Not only that, staying connected makes us not focus on ourselves. So when we do for other people, we actually benefit ourselves as well. And so getting out there and doing the holidays like we should, getting together with people and doing things, maybe decorating, maybe baking for somebody, whatever it is, When we do that for other people, it takes a focus off of ourselves, and it really benefits us. So it's a good thing. So one of the things that we want to do is to be patient as we learn the new normals. This takes time. So say we always went to grandma's house for Thanksgiving, and now grandma is gone, and the house is sold, and now we have to come up with a new normal. These things take time to develop new memories and new traditions and learn our new normals. But we want to be able to do that for the future generations. And so I read this quote that said, the best way to deal with grief is to actually grieve. Allow yourself to grieve that the fact that you can't be at grandma's anymore. 
but you also want to move forward with your new normals and your new traditions. I read that grief either develops all of our inner strength or it can break into our weaknesses. And we don't want it to be the latter. So we want it to develop our strengths. We want to grow from it. We want to move forward in it. We want to be helpful in it. And we want to push it forward to other people to being helpful to them. We don't want it to break into our weaknesses where we feel we want to isolate ourselves. We don't want to go anywhere. We don't belong anywhere. We're depressed. We're anxious. You know, that's, we don't want it to break into our weaknesses. We want to make grief to make us stronger. So one of the things that I found very helpful is to move grief out of the spotlight in my mind. So we don't want to highlight our grief with a bright yellow highlighter so that it's highlighting all of our thoughts. And especially this can happen during the holidays. What we want to do instead is to take our grief and replace it with purpose. Because there's so many examples of people out there that have gone through very tragic grieving situations and they've taken that and they've repurposed it into something that is good. So I've taken my grief over the loss of my boys and repurposed it into this podcast to help other people deal with grief. But there's so many examples of people that have done different things. When the boys died, we had this complete total stranger give the funeral home some money. And she said, please help use this to help bury those boys that died. And she was repurposing some of her her gift of money towards our boys, even though she didn't even know us because someone had done that for her. She had lost a teenager and someone had stepped in and helped bury her teenager. And so she's thinking, oh my goodness, there's two boys here. I need to do the same thing. And she passed that on. I just thought that was really sweet and really incredible that, you know, we can reach out to help somebody else. That is always something that'll build strength and courage in us. But other examples, you know, people that lose a loved one to maybe a certain medical disease, then they will pour their time and effort into research or maybe into a foundation that does research for that disease. Or maybe they will start up a a walk or a run in honor of that loved one. There's all kinds of ways that we could take our grief and repurpose it for something that's good, that'll do good for society now. Some people put money into scholarships in honor of a loved one. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of uh, ways that we can take our grief and repurpose it for good. The examples that I thought about in the Bible, I thought about how Paul was imprisoned. He was, he was housebound for, I don't know, a very long time. It's, it was years. And he took that time that he was not allowed to go anywhere or do anything or preach or do anything. I mean, I'm sure that was like really, really hard for him. But he took that time and he repurposed that into writing the epistles. Like he wrote the Bible while he was housebound. And he took something that was not pleasant, not good, grievous situation that he found himself in, and he used it for good. And I was thinking of Joseph. You know, he was enslaved. He was taken from his home. He was put into a completely different country and used, and he, he was just a slave. And 
he repurposed that. He did his very best in the situation that he found himself in, and he ended up ruling Egypt. Talk about taking something that was grievous and turn it into something that was good because he ended up saving so many people's lives. What about Paul and Silas? They took their time in prison and just sang songs. <laughs> but their their joy had an impact. We could take something just as simple as joy and use our grievous situations, turn it into a song, use our joy to inspire others. First Thessalonians 4.13 reminds us to sorrow not like those that have no hope because we do have a hope. We have so much that we have in Christ and so much that we have that we can look forward to because we know God, because we know what he has for us. And we know that he wants to, in his love and mercy and compassion, do everything he can to help us. Don't forget that grief is common to every single human being. You cannot live on this earth and escape grief. It is common to everyone. So when you're standing in the grocery line buying your turkey for Thanksgiving, the person in front of you has experienced grief. The person behind you has experienced grief. Every single person is going to experience grief at some point in their life. So be kind. In our human mind, we tend to think, you know, what's wrong with me that I had to experience so much pain and grief? There's nothing wrong with you. You didn't miss on God's blessings because you're grieving. He's actually helping you through the grief. So I wanted to end the podcast session with something I wrote in my journal. And this came from one of Katie Major's books that I read, and I can't remember which one. She wrote a couple books. One is Kisses for Katie, and the other one, I think it's called Daring to Hope. Her name is Katie Majors, and she has been through some really tough things. And I love her outlook. She has some very encouraging words to say when you read her book. But she will definitely tell you that grief is everywhere and is common to everyone. And anyway, she wrote this. I wrote it down in my journal because it really gave me a good perspective. But she said, why had I believed my whole life that ease and success, gifts and miracles, smiling faces and my plans fulfilled meant that the Lord's that was the Lord's blessings and favor. The blessings also abound in the darkest night and in the deepest valley if we have eyes to see them. The invitation to experience sorrow and doubt and all those long nights with him, that is actually favor. Those words made me stop and think because it is so true that we tend to think, well, things need to go good. That means that God loves me. But when things go bad, then, you know, what did I do wrong? But just our human thinking kind of tends towards that. But we need to have the proper perspective. Everyone goes through hard times. And God is there for us to show us how can he make us strong if we will let him, if we have those eyes to see that he his favor, his blessings, they're in those griefs. They're in those hard times. So right underneath that quote, I wrote, only his disciples and servants, those that stuck close to him, who kept their eyes on him 
and who did whatever he told them saw what he was doing. And it's because I just read The Miracle of the Wedding and the Wine. And I was just like, wow, it was those that were there. You know, they could have said, why are we filling these up with water? We need wine. Like, what is the purpose of this? But it was only those that did what he told them to do that got to see the miracle. And so for us, it's the same. We just need to keep doing what God wants us to do so we can experience the miracle that God has for our lives. For the servant who is watching, there are always going to be miracles. If we have God in our life, there's always going to be miracles happening. So that's a wonderful thing that we can always think about. So I want to end with one of my favorite verses. It's in Isaiah 35 and 10. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. And they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Sometimes that's hard for us to imagine, like in the midst of grief going, no, I can't ever be joyful again. Like how in the world is that ever possible? But it is possible when we put our trust and faith in God, because he causes it to happen. (laughs) Those scriptures are true. I've tried them. So I am praying for all the grieving souls out there, those that have lost loved ones, and those that will be creating new traditions and new memories, new normals in their holiday season. I'm praying for you all. And I know that We don't need to sorrow if we have our hope in God that he can help us and that we can, through our tears, have faith and hope in God. And so praying for you all and hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and don't forget to be thankful. Gratitude makes sense of our past. It brings peace for today and it creates a vision for tomorrow. Quote by Melody Beattie. I hope I said her name right. Anyways, don't forget to be thankful because thankfulness is definitely healing too. All right, till next time.